Hello, my name is Chris Scarborough, and welcome to the Chris and Bud Show. My co-host, my friend, my brother in pod, Mr. Bud Bohannon. We will be taking everyone on a nostalgic ride, discussing all sorts of entertainment, reliving our childhood, young adulthood, and hoping to share some laughs along the way. We'll be talking about, well, I guess the most recent generation, or the second to most recent generation, since I guess the, you know the new PlayStation Five have come out. But this is the most recent one for us. That one's still pretty new. Uh, this one kind of encapsulates, in a lot of ways, the last generation of consoles, more or less, for us. Definitely, it'll incorporate a lot of what we've seen. Probably the biggest change in a single console generation, for sure. With that, I'm talking. We're talking about the Wii U. Very, very small amount. Same for the Nintendo Switch, the PlayStation 4, and the Xbox One. That will be this entire generation of consoles. Obviously, we're going to start with the Nintendo consoles. I don't think either one of us owned any, but we're still going to at least mention them. I don't want them to feel like they're left out, you know. It is what it is. Uh, The Wii U launched in uh, November 18th of 2012 for a cost of about $300. Adjusted for inflation is about $336. Uh, sales were pretty terrible, about 13 million. Didn't last very long. I'm not really sure what the full issue there was. I know there was some hardware issues. A lot of the publishers didn't want to even m- mess with it. So like EA, for example, they stopped supporting it. So that kind of killed it. When they were finally, I guess, starting to get around to finally starting to build up a lot of their other games that they were going to release, they basically announced the Nintendo Switch not long after. So it sort of took place. I guess they were able to kind of say, listen, this didn't work, so let's move on. That brings us to the Nintendo Switch. It was released March 3rd, 2017. Same price point of $300. Uh, adjusted for inflation is about $316. Uh, this did significantly better. It sold about uh, $68 million. Obviously, it launched late in this generation, being released only a few years ago. Some people don't really count it because it's a hybrid console slash tablet, but I I chose to include it just because it lets Nintendo have a win, I guess. But there's not really much to talk about. Uh, My son has one. Uh, He enjoys playing it. It's pretty cool to be able to basically play better versions of arcade games because that's more or less what it is. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're not talking about 1980s. We're not talking about the 1980s arcade games, but that's basically what we're playing here. I mean, I know they can play some higher quality stuff but yeah it's mostly just mario kart right that's what we saw when we looked at some of the sales of some of the video games that's all that's left do you have anything to talk about any of the nintendo before i moved on move on to the playstation the only thing that i'll say whenever it comes to my opinion on like the console wars and that kind of stuff i feel like nintendo has always made the inferior console like if you want to talk about just hardware specs like playstation and xbox both have always well exceeded it And in my opinion, those two consoles, the PlayStation and the Xbox, have always been the more, I don't want to use the word competitive, but I I guess I would just say more like the real consoles for for the real gamers out there, like people that are above, you know, 16, 14, somewhere around that age range. 
you know, people who don't want to play like the kid games pretty much. Even though me personally, I do still enjoy Mario and Zelda and all those companies, those titles that Nintendo owns. And I feel like that's the only thing that's keeping Nintendo afloat is their their game category. Or I mean, their game library, I should say. I, I completely agree. I think that Nintendo just sort of like, they're like your uh, weird cousin or something. They just kind of do their own thing. They don't really care that they're not, quote unquote, a part of the, the console wars. They just keep cranking out Zelda titles and you just keep re-releasing the same Zelda titles. Whatever. Hey, it works. It's selling. It's doing well. But I agree. I think that they they're just kind of cool with being just that. They're they're okay with that. I agree. I think Nintendo still should be. It's one of those things. It's like it's hard to convince my convince myself that I should spend another three hundred dollars for a console to play basically another Mario game or another uh, Zelda game or another one of those styles. Uh, not that you get a whole lot of value, I guess, in Xbox or PlayStation these days either. But we use them for other things. That's the best part, I guess. And. The Nintendo Switch, is, I guess, has the ability to be maneuvered, but it's not. My son doesn't even really care about playing it, and he has one. So I should say all he needs to say, right? Well, I think the other um, issue, too, is the the social aspect of it. I don't know for certain, but I don't think that like the Wii or the Nintendo Switch or anything like that, I don't think it has that kind of interface like the Xbox Live services and the PlayStation Network services, you know, where you can get your buddies in a call and, and then go do that. And even if they do have that, you know, Nintendo's library doesn't have a bunch of competitive games anyway. I mean, yeah, they've got a couple multi-platform games like Call of Duties and stuff that launches on every platform, but they're they're like I said, their game library is more tailored towards single player or multiplayer split screen, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely picked a niche group. And that's not a bad thing. I, I do think that they don't have the same ability to have the infrastructure or the uh, social aspects like i think they're still uh trying to hit on that couch co-op or the couch multiplayer style which works for kids especially like i said with my son and you know his all of his friends or anybody that's around so uh definitely a, an opportunity but for personal preference obviously there's not much for us to say about these particular two consoles unfortunately not much really going to be said about the playstation 4 i just really wanted to Again, highlight it as a console. We both went the Xbox One route, so that's where the bulk of this conversation will take place. But I do want to give it at least some praise or whatever. The PlayStation 4 uh, was released November 15th, 2013, of a cost of around $399. Adjusted for inflation would be about $441. Uh, sales exceeded over $106 million, uh, which is insane when you compare it to the xbox one numbers we'll we'll talk about in a few in just yeah. a few minutes it launched with basically no issues it launched a week ahead of the xbox and the xbox basically shot themselves in the foot for this entire launch so playstation just had to not fuck up you know yeah. <laughs> i mean that's really it they just had to just not screw up and they were going to be fine right yeah xbox's marketing for the xbox one was just god awful it reminds me a lot of uh you know how blizzard did their marketing when they when people wanted a Diablo four and they announced that mobile game and it's still a running meme to this day, I feel like Xbox, they just made so many piss poor decisions business wise. If I remember correctly, I think the top ones were they wanted the console to be online 24 seven to where you could not play offline. That didn't sit well with a lot of people. Uh, there was that DRM thing that was going around where you could not play used games on it. I forgot what the other one was. There, there was another thing that was really big, 
but I, I forgot about it. If I remember right, I'm pretty sure Microsoft's response was hashtag deal with it, which is not yeah. that is not a good thing to say to your number one, your current <sighs> fan base, and number two, your potential fu future fan base you know that is as a business standpoint that's not good marketing and ever since then they just kind of shot themselves in the foot and after that point no matter what you do or what you say the damage is done you know people right then and there made the decision that they're going to switch to playstation even if they love the 360 100 percent, yeah so like we'll jump right into it get the xbox one numbers out of the way uh before i before i kind of say what i was going to say but uh, so the Xbox One launched uh, basically a week later, or almost two weeks later, November 22nd, 2013. The cost was $499, and adjusted for inflation would be about $553. For sales, estimated about $41 million. So that's about $64 million less. But if we look back at the previous generation with PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360, the PlayStation uh, 3 launched at $100 more. And that was the only time that the Xbox was able to close the gap and the sales were basically identical. Now, granted, PlayStation 3 still outsold them, but they were able to close the gap because of the price point. So I don't know who was in charge of saying, hey, listen, let's release the Microsoft uh, Xbox One. Now, granted, it came with the Kinect originally, and that's where that cost comes from, but they didn't release it without the, the Kinect at first. So you had to buy it and you had to buy it with the Kinect if you wanted to buy the brand new console when it came out. So, like, I don't know who it was was saying, hey, listen, I know it didn't work last year for, for PlayStation 3, our last generation of PlayStation 3. Damn it, we're going to find a way to make it work. And I just, that's just stupid marketing. There's always has been a situation where cost is, almost exceeds specs or anything else when it comes to consoles when you're trying to appeal to everybody, right? Like, when you and I, we try to have conversations about video game, or not video game, but a uh, PC uh, hardware and stuff and i'm lost that stuff's not appealing to the masses i mean there's a large chunk of people who do those sort like you know who who research and do that stuff and are able to comprehend what's going on i'm not one of those people right. i would be in that i would be in that what you need to the cost is more important almost than the specs for me but i have you at least and some other people say no chris listen <laughs> you, you got to spend the extra x amount of money to get this because of this mm -hmm. um but but with consoles, they're all basic. I mean, yes, PlayStation probably had the superior product, but it's basically the same. I mean, I get it. If you're like a super nerd and like, yeah, I mean, uh, you're, in terms of like frame rate and stuff, you know? Yeah, you're talking about fractional increases for both systems. I mean, they're pretty much both on par. And this is stuff, even, even, if, even if you are a tech nerd or you understand like the specs and stuff, you know, just because one console has... A little bit more ram speed you're not going to notice that difference if you're playing two consoles in the same room and playing them both blind like if you play call of duty on the xbox and call of duty on the playstation you won't know what console you're on right i think the big thing was like what frame rate or something that was the big difference that playstation 4 is that native 4k or something i don't remember exactly what the difference was yeah if you, I, if you i don't know if you remember i think if memory serves, I think Xbox One's and I apologize. It was it was native 1080p, not 4K. So yeah. sorry. Yeah, I think Xbox One's target rate was 720, and PlayStation 4's was 1080. And you know it was 2013, so at the time 1080 had already been out and established for a while, and uh, 
people just didn't want to go with a console that went down a lower resolution, which would have been fine on Xbox's part if they made all their games 60 FPS, which they didn't. Most of them were still 30 FPS. So it's like, even if you're not a tech nerd, you know what the resolution is. And FPS, you know, if you get double the FPS, you know, like I said, you don't have to know what frames per second is and how it actually calculates in game. But the higher the number, the better your gameplay experience is going to be. So if you tell me Xbox is going to do 720 at 30 FPS or PlayStation 4 is going to do 1080 at 30 FPS, once again, this is all completely relevant to the game developer. The PlayStation just had a better console. Like the hardware was better and, and you know, they had the exclusives already backing them up, which Xbox didn't really have that. I mean, Xbox did, but the problem is, is Xbox was milking their exclusives even at the time of this release. Cause I think when Xbox one came out, we were on what gears four Halo 4. I it was think. actually yeah, the fifth. I think it was the fifth installment of Gears 2, uh, Gears of War, because they had had, what, Judgment after 3, right? Or was that 3? Judgment, yeah. Judgment was technically 4. It was a prequel. So they had Gears 1, 2, 3, Judgment, 4, and then um, the Ultimate Collection, and then 5. Yeah, so, so that's... Six or seven I mean, total titles. I don't blame them, right? You, you paid for it, so you want to get your money back. Uh, yeah, Gears 4 was the first to release on on uh xbox one and it wasn't exclusive anymore because it's still released on the windows 10 as well uh followed by five and all the other ones after that but yeah it's i think the thing about i guess the difference between the two like you said was the playstation the console was superior but on xbox one for whatever reason the social aspect in in our minds right because it's all about who you're who you're around i don't know anybody my son has a playstation he's a spoiled little brat but he has a PlayStation 4 at his mom's house, so he has a PlayStation 4. But I don't think he knows anybody who has a PlayStation. He just—he literally bought it. He did what a lot of people do. He wanted it literally so he could play that Spider-Man game, the Marvel Spider-Man game. That's the only reason him. he wanted a PlayStation. Yeah, but I'm saying that's the only reason he wanted it. Now, and he loves game. the game. Exactly. But like, he didn't—he bought it for the exclusive, right? That, that's what a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. You, me, and everyone we know. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. I don't know anybody who owns a PlayStation. Everybody we know uh, has the Xbox One, and basically all of them, it seems, are migrating to the PC at this point. But, um, but well, to be fair though, that's because we're kind of in the same clique of friends. You know what I mean? No, no, no. I'm with you, but I'm just saying, like, I, and I'm thinking of that. But that clique of friends isn't like three people. You know, <laughs> there's quite a few more people than that. So it's just one of those things where yeah, there's four. Uh, yeah, there's four of us. Yeah, I mean, my brother, <laughs> my uh, John, uh, you. Me, that's four. That's all we need. Yeah, that's it. We don't know anybody <laughs> yeah. else. <laughs> yeah, that number will never grow. Uh, but seriously, uh, the Xbox One, I just felt like had a better, still does, because uh, you know I've taken with the PlayStation 4's social aspect, and I don't particularly, or their UI even. I just don't really prefer it. Maybe that's just because I'm so used to Xbox One or well, Xbox in general. It's because not much has changed from the PlayStation Two. You know, it's kind of still that same old style. Which, you know, a lot of people like. Um, I'm one of those guys, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I wish Xbox would stop with all these damn UI yep. changes. I don't I don't like the whole changes progression thing. If it works, don't fuck with it. You know? It's simple pimple. Yeah, they definitely have a bad habit of changing them a lot. Uh, I preferred when they went uh, left to right, not up and down. 
Mm-hmm. And then when they swapped to where it went up and down and then left and right, I was so freaking confused. Like the new UI, basically, I still don't like the new UI that much. I'm not a huge fan but I'm not of it on either. It. Yeah, I'm not on it as much as I used to be. Uh, I do like that you can add tiles now, I guess, so that it's permanently fixed there. But yeah, not my preference. But anyway, we went over a lot of the, the key things that I wanted to kind of talk about in terms of the bad launch. Uh, I guess we could kind of double down on that. I think it's crazy that they, I mean, they obviously learned eventually, right? So they, they fixed a lot of those issues and they added way more backwards compatibility than PlayStation could ever dream of. They did a good job of, of like, I guess, uh, walking back a lot of their, their situations and then fixing upon these things that they said they weren't going to be available. I, I think they said there was going to be no backwards compatibility at first. And obviously now we're at a point where they even have Xbox games in addition to 360 games on there uh, in terms of being able to purchase and give it away for free. I don't know why I said there was a weird game launch. I don't think there was very many games available when it launched at first, which was kind of unusual, right? You think you should have your new Gears game and your new um, whatever uh, Halo game available at that right when launches. And I don't think it, I don't think it happened that way. I think it was late. Yeah. Gears 4 didn't launch until 2016, so that's significantly after we're in the middle of the X, um, Xbox One's entire journey. So that's kind of unusual. So uh, looking up, it, looking into some of the launched games at release day, so the games that launched with the console, because um, I was kind of lost at what I meant by that. But anyway, so a lot of those, uh, they just weren't... They're, none, they're almost no exclusives. Uh, and a lot of them are basically just... You know, your your run of the mill games that would be released at launch day for a lot of them, like your sports games and whatnot. But I guess like the big games are like your Call, uh, Call of Duty Ghosts, Battlefield 4, Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag. And I think most of these games were already released on a 360. So there was no reason to buy the Xbox One in particular, because all these games, to the best of my knowledge, were already on the 360 and they were just ported over to the Xbox One which didn't do good to help boost those uh, initial sales at all. If anything, I think it kind of uh, hindered. I know it delayed us, right? I didn't buy an Xbox. Well, at least me specifically. Uh, I won't, I won't speak for you. I definitely delayed me purchasing one. I don't remember. Uh, mine had to be a few months or the following year. I can't remember exactly, uh, but it definitely was a little while after that. I didn't purchase one right away. What about you, bud? I think I got one at launch day. I know the, the next generation, well, not really the next generation, but when they redid the the mid tier Xbox ones, like the the Xbox One X, or not X, but the one in between S. that. Well, I, I don't know if it's called the S's, but that's usually what they do there. They switch them to the white because they mine mine's a black Xbox. Mine's from the original um, lumpage or grouping of. Of them, but yeah, I don't. I know they when they re when they redid the uh, basically the the case, right? Because the Xbox One X added um, 4K support is what it did. So I don't really consider that yeah. a new generation because it's still the Xbox right. One. But I did buy the Scorpio edition for that whenever it launched, just because I wanted to watch you know netflix and my xbox movies in 4k because i had a three thousand dollar tv that i wasn't even using to its potential yeah that launched in like 2016 15 16 right somewhere in there i'm not sure 16 17 sounds right in that ballpark so it was like basically near the end of the con the console generation yeah so let's get into some games i mean we'll talk about the well i guess we can talk about that first before we jump into games one little crazy like some of the things they added 
uh, that I think is weird that I guess the sales haven't matched was like the Game Pass, uh, which is easily the best value in gaming today. I don't know if I don't know if anybody can really I don't know if anybody will ever be able to compete with that. But, you know, I mean, you're getting all these games. and We talked about this a lot on three on the 360 uh, episode, but uh, it still can't be overstated the value in the game pass um and then adding ea play even when it's not a part of the game pass i mean 25 dollars for basically every sports game released through you know electronic arts and a bunch of other games on top of that uh and games for gold which carried over from uh the 360 all these are just the ability to have a lot of opportunities to play different games that you wouldn't have bought otherwise um, and then maybe you like it and you buy something else from that publisher or that developer. But I, I basically said, you know, that's one thing that I really wanted to harp on was that it kind of redefined how we buy video games. And I think that the Xbox One, even though they did a bad job of marketing it with the online only and could, couldn't use used games and all that. Uh, I I bought one disc game for the Xbox One and that was Dragon Age or I'm um, sorry, Dragon Age. Uh, Inquisition. That is the only game I bought as a disc. Every other game from that point forward, I bought uh, digitally. So they won, right? They got what yep. they wanted out of us. They don't, they, you know. And uh, I mean, how many how many disc games do you own? But I have two. I have Rock Band, which I only have that because I bought it in a kit. And then I have the Master Chief Collection. Did you buy one fancy edition, or did you buy just the regular edition? I don't remember why I have a disc version of that game. Okay. I think I think I may have gotten it. <laughs> After work one day, just like, you know, on a just perusing, yeah, spur of the moment type deal. Because <laughs> I think, because yeah, I mean, I think at that time, too, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure I was still living with my parents and I had DSL. So downloading yeah. games was torture. So I think that's yeah. why I bought it in a disc. Gotcha. Yeah. I just, I bought that one. Well, first of all, Finding that game was nearly impossible. I went to like three different. I so this is a long story, but it's kind of off the beaten path. Whatever. When it was released, Dragon Age Inquisition, uh, I was like, I was so excited because it was a new new era of Dragon Age, and I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but the thing that I laughed about the most was trying to find this game. So I wanted to support a local business. So there's a local business out in Lincolnton, which oh. is where I live. Yeah, I was, but. <laughs> So they, they mostly do like older games, I guess, but they do get in new games every so often. And some guy told me they definitely have it. I, be, I was there yesterday and they had it. So I'm like, okay, fine. I, I don't mind supporting local businesses. So I drive my happy ass over there and it's like a 30 minute drive, right? Cause it's in the, it's at the time I wasn't, I was living in Stanley at the time. So it was like 30 minutes, uh, mm-hmm. out, you know, all the way to downtown Lincoln, which isn't. It's not like downtown any other place. And we're talking about just a little roundabout. We're yeah. not talking about anything major here. <laughs> you can, okay. you can but, throw a stone across the whole city. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're not talking about like new, downtown New York City or anything here. We're talking about, you know, this town's like 15,000 people. But um, so I go there and uh, I'm like, hey, do you guys got Dragon Age Inquisition? And he's like, no, we haven't gotten any in. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? And he's like, do you want to buy a Nintendo? I'm like, no, dude. (laughs) What a sales pitch. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, I literally came here to buy one game. I was like, there's nothing in this place that I'm interested in. And uh, at the time, you know, because I I was like, I was dead set on what I wanted. So, uh, oh, this all started because the Walmart we work at didn't have it. Right. So, like, I already knew that we didn't have it. So I decided, well, I got to find somewhere else to get it. And I didn't want to drive to Huntersville. 
because um, that was the next closest town to me at the time. So I was like, so then I ended up having to drive to Huntersville and I go to GameStop. They didn't have it either. So I, I ended up going home and uh, with no, no freaking game, spent over two hours driving back and forth to, to get this freaking game. And then I had to wait till the next day. Uh, I, then I just, just so frustrated. I said, hell with it. But a couple days later, I bought it uh, at the GameStop in Mooresville. So that's what I ended up. That's how I ended up finally getting Dragon Age Inquisition. And then all to get it home. And then you have to freaking uh, install it anyway. So I could have just bought the damn thing all over, you know, through the marketplace. And uh, this whole situation of wasting time in a car and, and driving and uh, would have all been solved had I just bought it on the marketplace. So that's why I don't buy disc games anymore. So <laughs> well, <laughs> it's just know, so much easier. You know, they make cell phones too, right? Where you can. Yeah. You can but, Google you know, and then call the store and be like, hey, do yeah. you have this? And they say no. And you're like, all right. And then you call another store. Well, I think that in my mind, I was like, I was, I, I just wanted to cruise. So I'm not saying that I was like so frustrated with the driving um, because I was definitely single at the time. So I was, <laughs> so I was probably like super excited about just cruising. Um, cruising in the Dodge. Yeah, in, in, in the old neon. Uh, so I was probably just excited to cruise with the window down, smoking cigarettes, you know, having a good time that we used to have back then. Yeah, don't do that stuff anymore. But then that time period in life. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just I just I just learned that if I wanted to cruise, I just cruise. I don't need to go buy a video game that I could have just bought on the marketplace. Well, it makes you feel that's lame. A, that's when you, when you It makes you feel lame when you just cruise around with nothing to go do. At least if you go cruise while going to get something you don't feel yeah. like a complete loser <laughs> yeah actually i might have bought it at target i'm i i don't i care i, I want to say i bought it in in Mooresville at the GameStop. there people uh, sleep on target for video games but they had a lot of yeah they had a lot of good deals i remember going to target one time i forgot what game i was going to buy but it was a brand new release and it was already marked down ten dollars i'm like hell yeah I'm gonna come to Target more often. Yeah, if Target wasn't so out of the way, I get. Well, I guess depending on which one you're going to, right? And I know well, that's for, talking about our. Yeah, for me, everything's out of the way. Yeah, for. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm sure nobody wants to hear us talk about all our small little towns around here. I feel like we're like uh, listening to a 1980s podcast or podcast talking about 1980s wrestling because that's all they talk about. Oh, they they ran a spot show in Hickory, or they were in. Uh, they were in. Um, I don't know. Uh, I can, now I'm drawing blanks here. Rock uh, Hill, South Carolina. Now they're all in right, Sparta. Everyone. We went to Charlotte, yeah. North Carolina, one of the best ranked <laughs> cities in the nation. That's where we went. <laughs> That's the only place we went. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's, it is kind of funny. I think that sometimes when people draw maps, I think they realize that we're not that far away from Charlotte, but we, we get to have some semblance of normalcy out here. But enough talk about our disc drives, uh, our disc games, and uh, our driving around our small little itty bitty towns and the uh, disc drives. Yeah. And the disc drives. We didn't have any disc drive errors in the Xbox one. At least I haven't. No. Um, all of my issues with the Xbox one are simply because mine's old. But then again, uh, it, could, it could be because my disc drive is still fairly new. Yeah. I've used it like three times, right? I like, mean, it's, <laughs> it's only got like two hours worth of runtime on it. So <laughs> that one movie you played in it with a disc. Yeah. You mean the console that actually plays DVDs? Stupid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, goodness. All right. So uh, I guess we'll jump into just some of the games and then we'll jump into like MOBAs later. But I wanted to jump into, or well, 
free to play slash mobile games. But um, I want to kind of hit some of the, like normal games that we may have po- played or enjoyed um, on the Xbox One. Obviously, this is still running through today, so this is like kind of subject to change. Let's just kind of talk about some of the games that we've experienced or played up to this point. So if you want to lead in, bud, go for it. Yeah, my list is a lot smaller than your list. Yeah, we'll start with yours. And you can just pick a game and we can talk about it. We don't have to we don't have to run through the list first. I think the reason my list is a lot smaller than yours is because at this time in my life I was doing a little more than just gaming. But the games that I did play, I played the shit out of that one game. So it wasn't like in my, my older days as a kid where I just wanted to play every game and all game. This was more like I found my game. Let me drop a thousand hours into it until another game comes out that catches my attention. And then I'll put another thousand hours in that game that replaces the old game. Let's see here. My list. I'm just going to read my list from top to bottom because, like I said, it's short. Anthem. Yep. Obviously, that was a flop. Assassin's Creed Unity. Deadpool, which I only put it on my list because it's one of the games that I played from start to finish. And it's based off of a movie, which we all know that most movie based video games aren't very good, but I really enjoyed yep. playing it. Destiny 2 dropped a lot of hours in that in the original Destiny. I guess I should have put Destiny 1 on my list too. For some reason, I was thinking that was 360, but it was actually Xbox One. I played Destiny 1 and 2 on. Um, Diablo 3, which I played that on PC prior to console, but I did buy it on Xbox One also. Um, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, Dragon Ball Z Xenoverse 2, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Should be no surprise. I told y'all in the previous episodes, I'm a big Dragon Ball Z fan, so there's all them. Uh, Gears 4 and 5, Halo 5, Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, Mega Man X Legacy Collection, uh, Monopoly. Gotta put Monopoly in there. Terra, uh, Smite, which is currently the game I'm still playing to this day. I probably have over... 1500 hours in that game alone and Warframe which now I'm playing Warframe on PC and it's just so much better. Is there any game on on that list that you want to talk about or do you want to run through your list real quick and then we can talk about them at the end or or what do you want to do? Yeah, let's run through some let's just run through yours um cuz obviously there're going to be some crossover. Um I remember when Anthem released and um you know uh Destiny I first of all I was working a lot and I wasn't playing as much and destiny two had already kind of like fallen apart. I think right when Anthem yeah. was released. So, uh, and everyone was playing it and I'm like, wow, maybe we'll all get back together and like, you know, be kids again and like enjoy playing video games together. And, and I, I think that was my, I, I've never really regretted spending money on video games because I generally get my value. At least I feel like I get my value out of them. But I truly regretted buying that video game, uh, probably more than I've regretted any of them. You know what I mean? Well, let me ask you something. When it, when games come out, do you buy them based on like once they're already launched and like in the marketplace? You look at a game uh, trailer, or you maybe see a lot of your friends playing this game, and then you go and look at it, and then like, yeah, I could play this, and then you buy it, or do you research it a little bit like before it's released and and kind of follow the buildup of the game. Uh, so with Anthem in particular, well, it, it generally, I 
I'm not as in tune as I once was, but I do if I hear about a game because of a uh, what are they like one of their like BlizzCon or any sort of like convention show yeah convention where they're talking about games that are going to be released in the next couple years Uh, i will usually try to follow them the you know as best as i can remember or the best that i can try to uh with anthem i do remember seeing it and i was like man this game looks like really freaking cool and then i just i just was so busy that i didn't think about it you know then then it launched and i was like oh crap it launched (laughs) and but i was like "Ah, i don't know if i want to spend 60 dollars on a video game that i just don't know if i'll have time to play and then I just remember, uh, so generally, I guess I try to do the research first. I don't generally just kind of wing it. Um, this time period, uh, we had, I just bought a house, so I had some other things that were a little more important. What are you um, talking about? That ain't so, important. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I know it's $60 in the grand scheme of things, but I just... That's a cheap I house. Would still work. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of the things where... Uh, you know, and uh, I don't know. I, I I just bought it. Basically, I bought Anthem on a whim more right. than anything, uh, because you, everybody else was playing. You, Paul, everybody else was kind of playing it, and I was like, well, shit. I I I wanted. I guess in my mind, I bought it in hopes that like we would all get back into playing video games together. So like, I, it was some nostalgia for me, where I was like trying to remember those times, like run, like you know running Crotorade or just doing things together to where we were like buddies again. Uh, not that we weren't buddies, but you know what I mean? Like that video game buddy where you're like playing together. Like you guys become a girlfriends again. Cause that's well, kind of how it was. Like we had dates set up and like, we would start this time. We did this time. We, you know what I'm saying? Like back to those days. Yeah. You'd bring me roses and stuff, but no, it's like, it's kind of a catch 22, you know, because I'm one of these people that, as soon as a game is launched or named or anything like that, I like to follow it and kind of see how its development cycle is going before I pulled the trigger on buying it. And with Anthem, like you said, we were playing Destiny 2. It kind of already dissolved for, for our group. We were just kind of tired of it. It was not a very good game compared to the end of Destiny 1. And when Anthem came out, that was going to be our replacement Destiny. So following it prior to launch, you know... The game looked amazing, you know, just the overall idea behold behind the suits and the open world exploration, the flying, you know, the, the in-game content, the gear, the mission, like that kind of stuff. So it didn't help that you had me and Paul kind of in your ear saying, yeah, man, this is going to be the next Destiny. I'm telling you, I can't wait for it. I'm excited. And then it launches and then it's just a flop. So it's like you take your, your buddy's word has done like the research with the following up and then it comes out and it's like well you know it uh <laughs> well <laughs> like i don't yeah. know i don't know what to say man uh now any game that i recommend you in the future you're probably not going to listen to me because of this one <laughs> game that ruined it for everybody well uh yeah i mean i don't blame nobody uh cuz like you said in the beginning it was still fun for me it was my internet and and those shitty servers but because i didn't you know like I said, I was in a per and I had just purchased a house and I was getting my internet situated. And obviously I didn't have the same internet capabilities at first as I do now, of course. So, um, but it was one of those things where it was so hit or miss that I, I, I guess it pushed me. That's probably why I'm more into mobile gaming these days than then was like, that was like a year and a half of like shitty internet. So I guess you sometimes feel like you're so far away from everybody. Not right. that I couldn't jump in and start playing Smite or that I couldn't jump in and play other games with you guys, 
but I feel like I'm so far removed that it would be like I would be such a hindrance or I wouldn't be any good, I guess. And, it, you know, I would be I would be such a I don't know. So that in my mind, I was like, ah, eh, fuck it. I'm not going to bother. And then I yeah, I did kind of take your guys's word on Anthem, but I don't blame you guys. It, like you said, it was a good game when it was released, or at least it felt like a good game when it was originally released. And then when you realize like, oh, wait, there's nothing for me to do after level five or whatever. It just, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, it's uh, I, I definitely understand you on, on the uh, coming into the party late, you know, especially especially a game like Smite, which anybody out there that plays MOBAs understands one person can kind of make or break your game, especially if you're playing like the, the game mode that we used to always run was like 3v3. And, yeah. you know, if you got one guy that's not very good. It kind of messes with the whole flow of the match. Not necessarily that we would have been mad if you joined and then we would have lost the games, but more so the fact that the way that we play Smite, we would play it for hours at a time. Whereas you're more that casual person that just wants to come in and play a couple games and then you might get with us next week or the week after that. And it's kind of hard to learn a game when you can only play that little amount of time. I mean, it's not like Call of Duty where you just kind of hop in a match, you get some kills, you go positive or negative. You know, if if you go 0 and 14, yeah, most of the time you still lose the match, but you got a lot of God tier people that play that game now. So people that are going 30 and 0, 30 and 2, you know, that can carry the scrub players. It's not like that style game. So I understand you on that aspect. Yeah. And I, like I said, I think it's just one of those where, yeah, I don't have the time anymore. And my schedule is so all over the place. I don't have set times, set days off or anything where I can like, all right, so Wednesday at six till nine, you're I'm I'm yours. You know, we can go play video games for three hours, five hours, whatever. So I don't have that flexibility. So that that, that does hurt me too. Um, yeah, that hurts a lot. Not not knowing because it, cause you don't yeah. even know, you know, when you no. can play games and that kind of nope. hurts, yeah. Yeah, Anthem was a was a was a major letdown. I don't even think I have it installed anymore. Like I was so pissed off. I think I just so I, I try to keep most games installed just in case. Uh and I think I uninstalled that one in particular. Um Unity. Yeah. Uh what could have been is what I think of when I think of Assassin's Creed Unity. It it might be the worst game that in the Assassin's Creed uh entire like series. Like yeah. I think it because we actually, I'm a hundred percent. Yeah, we bought that game together whenever it launched because we were so excited about the co-op in it. Yeah, I mean, we had we had massive hopes that the co-op because we both enjoyed the Assassin's Creed games in single player individually, and for once they were kind of getting away from it being like a like a Call of Duty style sneaky assassin game for their multiplayer. That's what they had for I think it was Black Flag. Yeah, their their multiplayer like prior to this game it was trash. We talked about that in the last episode. Yes, we were, we were excited yes. to to play through the story together. You know, the the main Mahone, which is why we both love the Assassin's Creed series, was the story mixed with the gameplay. Yeah, and that was something where I felt like uh, at least we thought that's what we were getting ourselves into. And that was a hundred percent not what happened. The missions were pretty much shit and. Like it, it, there was really no cooperation. Like the only thing that time it re- really required cooperation was when they wanted you to do like a distraction technique or anything. Like I just I don't know. I was really hopeful because you know 
it, it basically merged our two fandoms because we both enjoyed the series and put us into the games together. And at least we uh, had high hopes. But yeah, I have never finished that game. That game still sits unfinished uh, because it's just that shitty. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like me and you were both kind of hoping for an army of two type experience, but with Assassin's Creed storyline and mechanics, and we were disappointed. Very like uh, to put it in perspective, like they'd never even tried it again. Like they they just said, yeah, this was a major failure. So fuck it. We're not doing it again. Yeah. Uh, like they've they've released like four or five games since and none of them have any sort of co-op style or any of that. I guess they realized how much of a major flop it was. Obviously, uh, I've, I played the Deadpool game. I never finished it. Uh, I only played it a little while. Uh, it was, I mean, it was fun, but you know, it kind of is what it is, right? It's a comic book slash movie game, but I, it, it was fun and funny. I don't generally pay attention to the dialogue and stuff, but that one was pretty cool for that. Yeah. Um, obviously the destiny series, destiny one and two, there's really not much that we can talk about here that we haven't either a mentioned or talked about before that we will plan on, you know, probably talking about again in a podcast on its own, uh, just because there's so much. You know, that's like that's where everything about our friendship and everything kind of blossomed was I was out of Destiny One and uh and and it lasted into Destiny Two, but it just didn't launch the same way we had hoped. I mean, there was like four of us, five of us, something like that, on launch day. Like we all took time off to play this game because we thought it was gonna be that good, uh, Destiny Two, and it was uh you know, it was it was it was a disappointment. That's the only way I can put it without being super mean. Um Diablo three Ooh. I personally still prefer it on the Xbox One over the console version. Uh, I don't know that it I don't I never really played it again after the original screw up, I guess. It's one of those where uh it it got better. Like that game, I don't think it ever got worse, right? Like after I mean, I guess it couldn't get any worse when it first launched, but it never got worse. It just they everything they did to improve uh it was an improvement. Like it wasn't one of those where it was like two steps forward, three steps back, like I feel like they, they well, you know, they royally screwed up, right? So they they screwed up so badly when it originally launched on the play on the PlayStation, on the uh, PC that I guess they had nowhere to go but up. But once it was released on the Xbox One, it was basically a, a you know a polished and finished product, and it was it was wonderful. It was it was a great experience. I think for me, I just I was so curious to see how it would play on a console, you know, because I spent so many hours of my life in D- uh, Diablo Two, and yeah, I still spent a lot of hours in Diablo 3, even though I didn't like the game, really. I still played it a lot. I just was more so curious how it would play on a console. And much to my surprise, it actually plays pretty good on a console. The problem with me is that Diablo 3 is not Diablo 2. And yeah, it's, it's really not even thing close. Like, the only thing close to it is the characters that kind of migrated from Diablo 2. And that's about it because the art style is completely different. The gears yep. different. The, the leveling system is different. It's definitely catered more towards the casual fan base, which was fine for me. You know, I kind of have pros and cons of that, you know, especially nowadays because I don't have time to sit around and grind games like I did when I was playing Diablo 2. But also certain things I, th- I think should be changed just to give that game some more I guess playability and some more um, smart decision making because, you know, in Diablo 3, if you mess up your build, you can just respec it on the fly. 
Diablo 2, yep. you put a point in the wrong skill, guess what? You're building another character. I mean, if you wanted a good, solid build, if you didn't care, just leave that you know messed up point in the tree and keep going on about your business. But yeah, I don't know. It's like you said, it was it was hard to keep playing the game because of the failure of the PC launch, like the you know just the servers being down all the time, the auction house that really screwed it up on PC. Obviously, when it came to console, there was no auction house. And surprisingly, I think till this day, they're still doing constant seasonal changes for Diablo 3, which back when we stopped playing it, seasons weren't even a thing, which yeah. kind of surprised me because they had seasons in Diablo 2. But I don't know. It's just I feel like they're trying to give it more like a MOBA feel because, um, you know, with MOBAs, that's how they keep the game fresh is they constantly balance characters yeah. and they balance items which creates new metas in the game. And that's what makes a MOBA so fun. Like Smite, from when I started playing it in Season 1 to now, which we're in Season 8, they're the same game, but there's been so many different meta changes of like what's what's what to use and what's not to use. I feel like with Diablo 3, that's kind of what they do with the seasonal changes because you know they, they do add more gear. And I don't know if they balance the characters or not. I haven't followed it very much, like as far as reading patch notes and that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I guess I'm just waiting for that Diablo 2 remake, remaster, and Diablo 4 on PC. Yeah, I think both of those will be a lot of fun. Uh, I think it would be really cool to run Diablo 2 together. Some of the things they added on Diablo 3 that were, they added the Paragon system. They added some other cool little, I guess in the seasonal changes, they added where certain damage does more, if I yeah. remember right. Yeah. Um, and to be honest with you, their characters, for the most part, were pretty balanced. Like, I, I'm not saying they're perfect, but for the most part, I mean, obviously, we all, what do we go, Barb? Like, the Barb with the Whirlwind? So, like, I mean, it is what it is. So, it's just one of those things where it's like, but I, I remember playing a Hunter, and you can play a Hunter, and you can have a lot of fun playing a Hunter. Witch Doctor was kind of like, they had to be high level for them to be important. Uh, they just weren't very good early game, but that's, I mean, it is what it is. But for the most part, I feel like the characters were all pretty balanced. Um, a lot of the weapons were pretty balanced. Uh, I think they, I mean, they did a good job. Yeah, they did. I, I, it is they what did it is. On, they did good on the balancing aspect for sure. Like, I don't feel like, uh, obviously, it, you know, if you get into some corrupt games or you get into some bad ones where like people got like maxed out Paragon levels, shit gets a little weird, but I won't talk about you know, that. That never happened yeah. to me. Okay. I thought I thought it did happen to you. I was gonna say, what? I'm lost. I'm pretty sure that happened. <laughs> that, that never happened to me. I am legit a six thousand paragon level. That's legitimate. <laughs> yes. Uh I mean I thought the paragon system was a great idea because I it gave you something else to strive for or, or something to push towards. But I it definitely it definitely struggled with certain things where it's like the replayability, like how many times can you run that same act before you get sick and tired of it, you know? Like running uh I think it was like act three and you just run that because you need uh one of the keys. Yeah. You know? Because well, he tended to be the most stingy, you know. The problem for me, anyway, coming from Diablo two to Diablo three, Diablo three's end game when we were playing it was nothing more than grinding your Paragon level, which was okay. Yeah. The problem is, is that anytime you got a Paragon level, you got to put, I think, like one or two attribute points into like your strength, dexterity, vitality. Right. Which was okay. 
But, you know, you don't notice two points added to that stuff. You don't see an no. actual progression from it, you know, because they didn't they didn't add back the torch thing until a while after Diablo three had been released. Diablo two, the end game was all about grinding for these things called rune words, which in Diablo three, they made the runes do different things on your skills, which in Diablo two. The rune words did different things for your weapons, but you had to grind these individual runes and put them in a piece of socketed armor in a certain order to make the rune word. So not only were you grinding for the runes themselves, but if you wanted like a really good build, then you would grind for the actual piece of gear to have really good base stats. And in Diablo 3, there was no there was no crafting in Diablo 2. Like, the item that dropped is the item you got. If you didn't like it, you had to go get another one. Right. Whereas in Diablo 3, you can kind of re-roll, like, I think one or two main attributes in it, if I remember right. Yeah, Take like you can at least re-roll one time, yeah. I, know, I don't know, yeah, I think you could pick up to two different stats on, your, on each piece uh, and re-roll them, yeah. Yeah, so, like I said earlier, Diablo 3 catered it more towards the casual gamer. Which, yeah. you know, that part for me is is okay. I don't know. I, the rune words left kind of a bad taste in my mouth. Especially the way that they went about the runes. Like, making them do different things yeah. on your skill. Because that, that's a huge change. Like, yeah, the runes are still in the game, kinda. But they definitely don't Not do the really. same thing. Yeah. They, I mean, and you didn't really acquire these runes. These runes were just kind of like, once you got to a certain level, you unlocked the rune. So it wasn't the same thing. Uh, I mean, we could probably spend a whole a whole podcast just talking about like games that we played because uh, Diablo two was in like two thousand and one, right? I think it was. Yeah. And uh, EverQuest was released in ninety nine, which were like our like when you when, you know it's like uh when they talk about like football coaches or they talk about people they talk about like the trees like who taught who and like that was our groundwork, right? That was the game that taught us about video games. So like it, <clears throat> we could probably spend like I said a whole a whole entire podcast just talking about like the difference in how video games have become, you know, a lot more um, sanitized where they just kind of are what they are. Like I remember very vividly spending eight hours a day for more than 10 days trying to get one item to drop so I could finish an Epic quest. Like I remember this very vividly because I, and it's so the, the, the monsters are on like a 30 minute spawn time. So you kill uh, everything in that room, which there was like, I don't know, 50 to 100 enemies that could potentially drop this one fucking item you need, and you kill them the same rotation, you do the same rotation over and over and over, and it took me basically 80 to 100 hours. Probably, actually, it's probably closer to 150 before I got this stupid item to drop. So, like, it was unforgiving. Like, yeah. could you imagine? could you imagine playing a game today for 150 hours to get one item to drop. And that's not even the final piece. That was just a piece of a piece of a piece to finish the entire quest. Yeah. So it's like, it's just wild to think about what we used to do back in the day. And then like now I get stuck on a piece on Assassin's Creed three because the game acts stupid. And I just don't play it for, for a freaking week. So what, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's just wild. Right. Yeah. That's like, that's like in Diablo two. The highest level I ever got was like level 96 and cap is 99 in that game. But to go from level 95 to 96 took me two solid weeks of running the same exact game type. It was called a ball run. Yeah. And it's just you go to one act, 
You go to one stage, you teleport through the map to get to the different levels to go into Bell's throw room. You throw up a town portal. Homies come in. There's one round of ads. Then there's another round of ads, another round of ads, another round. And then you kill Ball. You close the game. You restart a new one. And you just do this all freaking day long. Yeah. <laughs> and I did this for like eight to ten hours a day, like you, yeah. for two weeks yeah. straight to go up one yeah. level. And I even even back then I was like, all right, I'm never hitting 99. This is just too stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, isn't it crazy? And then you know, people you probably knew people who had like four 99s, and you're like, yeah. how the hell? Yeah, because that like, was that was part of that seasonal ladder in Diablo two was like who could get max level, you know, who could get top yeah. of the leaderboard and do it the quickest, you know? Yep. Yeah, it's 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 well, I guess now instead of it being a time investment, it's a money investment, right? So whoever's willing to put the most money forward tends to be at the top of the leaderboards these days. Well um in in, sorry, in most games, not in every the game, PC but in most release, games. yeah, in the PC release that would be a true fact because they had yeah. that real money auction house. In the console, because yep. to my knowledge, when they do these seasonal things on Diablo, I'm pretty sure you have to make a new character for that season. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they delete to, every season, yeah. Yeah, and that's due to the fact that they do have leaderboards just like they did on Diablo 2. So it wouldn't be very yeah. fair if I had my Barbarian that I've had since the game come out that I've dumped yeah. 200 hours into. <laughs> you know, and then boom, here comes yeah. the season and you just sail up it, you know? Yeah. It's, um, I, I, I don't know. I don't have anything bad to say about Diablo. I feel like they could have had more expansions though. I think they released yeah. the, they released one, I think they, one. Yeah. And I added a new character, which was cool. The, uh, Paladin, I think. Right. And, uh, well, so that was fun. And then they released yeah. the Necromancer afterward. Oh, the Necromancer. It, That's right. But it wasn't a DLC. Yep. It was, it well, I mean, it was, but it wasn't like new content. It was just solely the necromancer, and yeah, I, th- I think they released another character too. I want to say the yeah. Amazon. I don't remember. I haven't played oh, since. Okay. I didn't play when they released the necromancer, so I don't. I can't one hundred percent tell you. I think they added a little bit, but not much. No, like you had to play if you pick pick the necromancer because I'm pretty sure I played. Uh, you play a separate story, like a like an introduction to story, and then you jump in. I don't remember either. It's been a long time. Don't hit the pause button. We're still rolling. It's that time again. It's that question time. All right, bud. Do you like or dislike surprises? Why or why not? Well, I don't like surprises, and I'll tell you why. The way my brain works is I'm one of these people that pre-plans every step of everything that I do. So, like, it could be a simple task such as Waking up, getting dressed, going to work, and driving to work. When I wake up, I've got a plan to put which sock on which foot first, to put which leg and what pants leg first, you know, to open the door, to walk across the thing, to open the outside door, shut the door, get in the car. I already got my key in my hand, ready to go. So when someone surprises me, it completely catches me flat-footed, and I have zero plan for it. So that is why I don't like surprises is just for the fact that I'm caught off guard and I don't like being caught off guard. What about yourself? We actually agree a lot here for me. I'm very much plan out. I'm talking to myself a lot. Uh, so <laughs> I've already planned out everything. Like you say, same thing. Uh, at this time, I'm going to do this at this time. I'm going to do that. 
and I have my own like morning routine planned out. So if, if that thing changes in any way, shape or form, it just like throws my whole day off for a loop. Um, I don't, I don't like surprises because like you said, they, they, they throw me off guard. I'm not ready for them. I don't know how to take them. And 99% of the time, if someone surprises me, it, it doesn't end up being like a good thing, quote unquote, it ends up being like a bad thing. And I end up making it probably a bigger stink out of it than I should. It also feeds into my anxiety and a lot of that. So not a good thing. Don't surprise me. And now that question time is done, let's get back to the show. Most of the games left. I didn't play Dragon Ball Z. Uh, you know, it is what it is. I'm not really into You're fighting games. You're yeah, missing out on I the mean, good stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not going to say that I'm going to skip over a lot of this, but a lot of these are games either A, we've already talked about to some extent, like Gears. Um, after like Gears 1 and then Gears 2, uh, and then to a very lesser extent, Gears 3, I, you know, I was kind of done with the story, man. Yeah. Um, well, for me, I wasn't done with the story, but I was done with the multiplayer. Like, yeah. If you go back to my Gears one day, I've probably got like 2,500, 3,000 hours in that game, which I know sounds yeah. absurd, but I guarantee it's close to accurate. And then you go into Gears 2, and it's probably like 1,000 hours. You go to Gears 3, it's probably like 300, 400 but you go to Gears 4 and 5, I've played like two or three matches online through both those games. But I've completed yeah. the stories in all of them. And that's is what I'm yeah. saying. Like I, I said this last podcast episode, I'm getting tired of playing sequels. I can say the same with Halo 5. And guess what? Yeah. When Halo Infinite does come out, I'll buy it. I'll run through the story. And I may or may not hop on multiplayer and play a couple games. And I'll probably be done with the game one or two weeks after it launches, and then I'll be ready to move on to the next game if there is one. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I struggled with a lot of the... Uh, I never really got into Halo. That's just kind of like I said, it is. When it when it was... It's one of those things where, like, remember what I was talking about earlier about... Being late to once the party, like yeah. Yeah, once you're late, it's like you don't even... It's no point jumping on now, right? Not that I couldn't, but it's just... You just... Eh. Okay, because no, Halo. I missed that boat. You Halo know? is just a brain dead shooter. It's kind of like Call yeah. of Duty. You don't have to know much about that game to to be yeah. good at it. Yep, but it's just in my mind. I guess I, I couldn't get past it, so I just moved on. Uh, well, I guess the next game really. Uh, Monopoly was a lot of fun. I I, oh, yeah. I think that for I like I play all those like I play Wheel of Fortune, uh, Jeopardy, the Monopolies. There's like Uno. four or five different Monopolies. Yeah, Uno. Like I feel like they, you know they say there's no friends all, in Uno. That's right. Everyone's an enemy. Uh, right. The cool thing about them is you set the standard or set the. Uh, you don't have to worry about bickering about uh, rules, right? Like yeah. <laughs> it kind of is what it is. So there's no way around it. And I I really appreciate and enjoy that fact. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not game, like right? when you. It's not like when you bust out the Monopoly board in real life, and then you're like, all yes. right, this is how we play it. <laughs> You know, all the money yeah. that's in the free parking, you know, the taxes yeah. and shit that goes in the free parking. And when you land on free parking, you get all that money. Yep. Yep. You can't just and make just, up rules as you go. You know, like if you land, if you roll doubles, you get a hundred bucks. <laughs> like, no, we ain't playing that bullshit. We're going to play to the game's rules. Yep. And uh, that's what I loved about it. I, it just was a lot of fun to not, I didn't have to think about that stuff. Right. right or or having to be the banker and having to keep track of all the money, man. I would pre- I just prefer playing it on the Xbox. It's it's so much better. Yeah, like uh, as, your, as your wife says, how I just make up rules on the fly. 
Like, <laughs> it's not that I do that. It's just I forget all the all the rules to say. You know, <laughs> that's right. If we we would if we didn't have to think about it, I would much rather do it this way, <laughs> where I don't have to remember. The rules are rules. I don't have to remember them. <laughs> um, uh, next one on that list that I want to talk about is Terra. Oh man. It's it's one of those games that could have been, right? I remember us playing this when it was on PC. This was in between when Diablo was kind of like falling apart. Uh when it was really originally released on the PC to now uh in between that and Test Destiny when it was brought over to the Xbox One. Uh we were kind of like dibbling and dabbling into some other games on the PC and Terra was one of those games and man, it played really really smooth and i i'm sad like i think about that game so fondly and we just it just never really it was one of those things where our timing started to change we switched jobs whatever it was like in that weird phase of our lives um so a lot of it we just didn't have opportunities to play them yeah we missed each other yeah and it was just but the game was a lot of fun like it was a lot of fun uh it came out on the xbox and unfortunately when it did release on the xbox uh i got really into it and i was on third shift at the time i was back on third shift so uh you know i was i was able to play for a couple hours in the morning because the kids were at school and nobody could tell me what to do i guess (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i don't know uh i had my own i I was in the house by myself so it kind of i had a few hours uh and you weren't you this was uh during your time period where you was you was running you was you was busy so uh we did play a little while uh but it was just one of those things where uh, I got to the point where I was already at max level and it was just hard for you to catch up. And it was just like, you, you did the, what I do, right? It was like, okay, eh, I'm late to the party. It is what it is. And yeah. it's, you know, it, it's, I'll talk it, about, go ahead. I, I mean, I know what you're, I know what you're saying because for, I, and I, I feel like me and you kind of share the same wavelength on that aspect. It's not the problem that you know what you're doing and I don't. Yeah. It's more so the problem of, I think that me and you would rather just play a game that we both don't know from scratch. Yeah. And and learn off of each other and, and learn while playing through the game rather than one of us is a really good player at this game and then the other doesn't know anything. For example, yeah, like that- with, with Destiny 2, yes, I probably know more about Destiny 2 than you do now. But at the same token, like, because I haven't played it in a while, you haven't played it in a while. Like, for example, I'm excited for whenever they do release the Vault of Glass in the new thing, whenever that may be. It may be later this year or end of the year. It might be uh, next year. Who knows? But the cool thing is, is like once that comes out, me and you both know the Vault of Glass raid very well. But yeah. We don't know how to do it with Destiny 2 weapons. We don't know how to do it with Destiny 2 yeah. exotic armors. We don't know how to do it with different character mechanics, you know, like the special special abilities, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like the stasis subclass. Like, so that right there could be like just super fun in itself, like going back and doing something that we both know the ins and outs of, but here we are with different mechanics to do so. Yeah. Well, I think part of it was uh, in Terra, like I said, I got too far ahead of you. And because uh, I just got really into the game, I couldn't, you know, it's one of the things where it's like when you're really into it, you don't have it. You're just like, you don't want to stop. And uh, I have my I have my moments where like I'm really into a game for like two, three weeks at a time. And then I just don't play 
video games for like a month and yeah. <laughs> i'm like cool you know it just kind of is what it is but yeah uh, i'm i'm really excited i hope that it does come soon uh and they give us enough time to where i can prepare if it does you know i don't, <laughs> don't want to be in a situation where i'm like trying to gear quickly to jump to a uh, the power level or the light level or whatever the hell it's called now it's not called light anymore right well, uh, uh, apparently they just now, or I don't know if they just released them or it's coming up within a couple weeks. They just now dropped um, the two original strikes in the Cosmodrome. So, like the Fallen Saber oh. was one of them, and then the um, yeah. I forgot the name of the other one, but it was two original ones that were in the Cosmodrome that they just released okay. into the game. Now I, I remember they brought Omnigol in, but they didn't. They replaced Omnigol with somebody else because she's dead. Well, uh, Obnigal was a DLC that was a while ago, right? For Destiny One. No, no, I'm with you, but I'm saying they brought her into Destiny Two. They, uh, well, they didn't bring Omnigal, but they brought the strike itself. They they changed it. It's not it's not Omnigal anymore. It's a different character because you know we killed Omnigal, so she can't be in the game. So at least he tried to make sense with the lore, I guess. But well, we killed um, Crota, but he was in the game as a memory. Yeah, yeah. What would they? I, I guess what would they do if they brought him back? Right. Uh, I guess it would. They would have to play off the memory thing, right? Because he's dead. He's like super dead. But then again, so is Atheon, right? Yeah, we've killed him. So I don't know. I, I, I guess they could probably. I mean, he's a robot, right? So I guess he could just be remade. Well, to be fair, though, so. they they don't really have to because it is called a content vault. You know what I mean? They don't have yeah. to tie it into the lore of what they currently are now. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I guess I should probably hop on and just see about this because. Uh, a lot of the original strikes were a lot of fun, especially in Destiny. Like I, I mean, gosh, I mean, we probably read, uh, ran those a lot, like a yeah. lot, a lot. Um, well, they only brought back two, so there's only two that they mix in with the yeah. current, you know, lineup. Right, uh, but still, just to go back and see how they play, because I remember playing the, I don't know what it's called. Okay, so I just I use Omnigal because I don't remember what they called it, but um, I remember running that, and even in Destiny Two. And of course, because of the the different subclasses and the different um, uh, ultimates and that sort of stuff, it's different. So it plays uh, a little bit. Di- obviously, you can't hide like you did in the original um, uh, the original one, right? Where you would have one person hide out uh, while you're while the other person's kind of running through, uh, trying to damage Omnigal. Uh, but yeah, if we it was run still th- a lot of fun. If we run through it again, though, you're getting your ass on a PC. Because that game plays twenty yeah. times better on a PC. <laughs> it, it's uh, so obviously that's on my list. But uh, and you were able to just connect. Did you connect your account for crossplay, or did you make a whole new character when you switched to PC? They don't have crossplay, but they have cross save. Yeah, so cross. I, that's why. Yeah, that's why. So you can load your characters on PC, but it's not crossplay gotcha. yet. Now that is coming. Yeah. Crossplay. They're talking about it, but. Once again, we don't know how far in the future that is. Doesn't seem like it should be that far for cooperative. I get it for the competitive aspect because, yeah. like we've we've talked about a bunch, uh, a person point and clicking a mouse versus a per- person trying to <clears throat> navigate with um, with a controller. Two totally, you know, well, different the, things. Here's the issue, and this is what I don't like. I mean, it don't bother me regardless, but I don't like it for the game itself. They had talked about this. And their plan of attack is to decrease the recoil in guns on console and increase the recoil in guns on PC. 
Now, mm. here's the problem. Even if you increase the recoil, it's still not going to matter when I'm running down a, a line as, you know. And shoot a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> like, as, as competitive players say, when you pick a line and you run down it, if I'm running my yep. line on PC and I get, like, one or two bullets that hit me in the back, you know, I can 180 stupid fast on a PC and yeah. still aim, like, once I get my target, I can still aim super slow with precision. On console, yeah. you can't do that. You got one or two options. You can play with your sensitivity on 100 and snap back real fast, but then you have no slow aiming. Or you can play with slow aiming, but then you turn around super slow. Recoil, yep. regardless, it's not going to change that aspect. It's not going to change the aspect that consoles are locked to 60 FPS, and I'm over here on a PC playing at 200 FPS. There's, yep. I mean... It, it's a piss poor idea. They should just do it like, you know, Smite has crossplay, even with PC people. Smite has crossplay with PC, Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo Switch. In Smite, yep. you can turn off crossplay to where you only play with people of your kind. So Xbox and Xbox, PlayStation, PlayStation, PC and PC. Or you can turn it to console only. So you're playing with Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo Switch, which is okay with me when I was playing on Xbox. Or you can only do PC players, which here's the thing. If you're on a PC, you don't care about playing against console people because you have the edge, right? Yeah. So yeah. if you're a console person, I get it because when I was playing Smite on Xbox, I didn't want to play against PC people because it's, it's, it's a huge disadvantage. And increasing the recoil on PC and decreasing it on console, that ain't going to do nothing. I mean, all it's going to yeah. do is anger people <laughs> on PC because they yeah. did something that they didn't have to do to try and balance out a competitive aspect just to allow cross-play in the game. When they can just implement that feature, which uh, Bungie already said that they didn't want to do that. And it makes no sense in my mind why they wouldn't want to do that. I mean, surely it can't be that much more of a hassle on the technical side of it, right? I feel like Bungie doesn't. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm obviously not the tech nerd. I don't know nothing. But uh, I feel like they have made excuses for why things are the way they are, as much if not more than any other like game developer I've ever come in contact with. Or had to deal with, you know, because first of all, they said they couldn't, the game can't be any bigger. It's too big already. Yeah. And it's like, it, I feel like Destiny 1 was bigger than this game. What the hell are you talking about? You know, uh, we have to take away planets so that you got, so that we can add new content because we, we've maxed out our space. And it's like, how the hell did Grand Theft Auto have a giant ass open world with like, you know, like that, that, come on now, come on. Come on. Well, we talking about, well you know, here's another I, I don't know. example. It's crazy. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but yeah, go for it. <clears throat> when you just said Grand Theft Auto Five, it got me thinking. In Destiny One, every time that we ran across a different zone, you know what happened? We got stuck in a loading phase. Yep. That still carried over with Destiny Two. Okay. Yep. So they never figured out how to load the entire map when you go in there, but. Here Grand Theft Auto 5 is this massive map that is all loaded at one time. 
online too with and, with 60 other players or whatever on some of those massive you know uh servers like come on now i, I don't get the Whack. workarounds yeah it's like yeah. you know what i mean like i shouldn't have to be dealing with with loading scenes in 2020 2021 yeah um well yeah i, I said 2020 because i yeah. don't play the game anymore but yeah. yeah yeah i guess so yeah you know what i mean it's <laughs> <laughs> it's just like there's so many other games now that have figured out how to go about doing this. Like I don't yeah. know if anybody's played Resident Evil Seven, but there's parts. Yeah, in I'm that not the one. There's parts in that game. You know, when you're walking down a hallway and you got to squeeze between a really narrow hallway, and it kind of slows the the movement speed down. When you squeeze into those hallways, that's a loading zone. So the game yeah. only has to run that one small animation that will never ever change and while it's doing that it may take you you know 10 or 15 seconds to squeeze through this little crack but that's because the game is actually loading the rest of that um chapter while you're squeezing through that little crawl space but it right it's so seamless it's just something you don't even think about you know you're just a consumer you're just trying to play the game but when you're playing yep. destiny and you run across you're in the one map you know what i mean that has like yeah. the five different zones. Say if you're doing patrol missions and you run across <laughs> that loading zone, I mean, uh, we've all been there. You know, we've had our sparrows yeah. stuck upside down, you know, yeah. flying off of them, been sideways. And I don't know. Like, I feel like the only thing that should be a loading zone in Destiny is like when you go into, like, say, the Altar of Sorrows or you start a raid or you start strikes or, you know, obviously mm -hmm. online games. Like there shouldn't be loading zones, especially if you're playing the campaign for Christ's sake. Yeah, I shouldn't be. I should not be going, or, or even in the uh, strikes. Like I shouldn't be going between uh, this section into another section, and I get held up, and then you die because I haven't loaded in, and you're assuming I have already because I should have. You know what I mean? Like it's just that, wild. That was the other thing I didn't like about that game was when it has you go out and do something. And it pulls everybody into the same open space. You know, yeah. it's like playing Terra. It's like, go go kill 20 of this type of monster. You go over there and kill a monster, but there's already a guy fighting said monster. So even if yeah. you both kill it together, it won't count for you. Like, you have to get, yeah. I guess, all hits on the monster. Or at least a first hit in some games, or a last hit in yeah. some games. Just make it to where if you hit the damn monster, it gives me credit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially in uh, uh, Destiny 2, they felt like, oh, let's op do more open world where you guys can kind of like play together with other people. And it's like, man, but I'm in the middle of a story mission. I don't, I, I'm, yeah. I got other things going on. I don't, I'm not worried about this right now. So yeah, it's, it was wild. I'm not sure. It, well, it's free to play now. So I, I guess it doesn't, or, well, it's in the game, game pass, right? So it's, it's, but it is free to play, but all the DLCs are not free. So you just have to pay for those, right? Mm, the DLCs are in the Game Pass too. In the Game Pass, though. Yeah, but it's free to play without the D without the Game Pass and 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 uh, right. Yeah, DLCs. Like you okay. can go on Steam right now and and play Destiny Two for free, but on Steam you still have to pay for the expansions. On Game gotcha. Pass, the expansions are currently in there, but as you know, with Game Pass, those games rotate in and out. So, but like leave any time. But like I said in the last, I think I think it was the last episode. Beyond Light is in the Game Pass now, and I'm glad yep. it is because if I would have spent you know twenty or thirty or 
40 bucks. Yeah, I think it's 40. I think however it's much they cost now, I've been pissed yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was fun, but it wasn't worth what they were charging you. Shit, no. Um, but it was still fun. But anyway, we've, we've kind of gone off on a massive like uh, sidebar here. Uh, jump back on topic a little bit. Uh, <laughs> we, did, we never had a topic to start with. What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. we're just rolling, right? That's uh, it. I, I do want to talk about Warframe. Uh, obviously, I have not played it on PC. Uh, so but good. I did, but I really enjoyed the game on Xbox. Uh, me, my brother, and Little John were all playing it together. And uh, this is this is during that weird period of time in my life where, like, I really wasn't playing video games that much. And uh, the Johns got together, which is my brother and Little John, and they and they were like best buds playing video games together every day. <laughs> so it was just one of those time periods and Warframe was one of those and uh we decided that we were going to play it together and I was like okay and we'd like build the dojos I think is what it's called and uh create our own little clan or I don't know what they call them these days I don't remember what they call them but we're doing all the little cool things and uh I'm still like I I know there's a lot more to the game than I know so I'm not here to tell you that I'm some Warframe nerd but I enjoyed it for sure. It's just one of those things where I think that a lot of the uh, uh, a lot of the um, things about Warframe for me was it struggled, or at least I struggled with a lot of the top, uh, like the missions where they were segregated, and you had to beat these. It's, uh, I guess it's kind of unforgiving in terms of not giving you a lot of information or a lot of lead in on how to play the game, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But for me, I struggled with the, I guess, the leveling with the system and how it works. Um, and then, like, how you unlock each mission by completing this mission. Um, I never liked some of the um, certain of those uh, story missions in general. But um, overall, it was definitely a really fun game. Not one that I probably would go above and beyond to play again. Uh, but. Um, but what what would you think are some of the differences between the two uh, switching between uh, PC? I'm sorry, switching between the Xbox and the PC on Warframe. Like, what do you think is like the? Obviously, the graphics are going to be better and that sort of thing. But is there more customization or anything that maybe isn't in the Xbox version? Well, <clears throat> the funny part is that I originally didn't play Warframe on the console. Like I did, I played it. I don't know, maybe like ten minutes or so. And the problem with that I had with that game is it gave you zero direction. So I think it, yep. I couldn't figure out what to do. Yeah. So I didn't play it. I played it, like I said, 10 minutes and like, this game sucks. And then I played it on PC because it was free. And my PC, like I have a 240 hertz monitor, so 1080 build. So I play, I try to get my games up to about 240 FPS to match my monitor's refresh rate. And Warframe... Right out the box, I didn't even have to touch nothing. It was already on ultra settings at 240 FPS. So that right there was enough for me to, to play the game. And whenever I was playing it, it just felt so good. And it was... I hadn't had a lot of experience like doing WASD on a keyboard. And that game, because it ran so smooth, it just felt good even on the WASD movement. And it really helped me transition 
into some more popular shooter styles and especially Smite on PC. So I ended up playing Warframe for, I don't know, I think I've got about 30 or 40 hours in the game right now, which Mm -hmm. for me at this point in my life is a freaking accomplishment as far as games go. I actually went back and played it on the Xbox after I uh, started playing it a lot on PC. And I don't know if they changed it or maybe it's just the fact that I kind of knew what I was doing when I went back to the Xbox, but it plays good on console, too. Like yeah. I even I even plugged my Xbox controller up into my PC and kind of compared, you know, the control schemes and everything. And I tell you, man, we we live in a great time because, you know, I, you <laughs> can plug your Xbox into the PC and it automatically imports all the button mapping and stuff. You know, you don't yeah. have to go through and set custom mappings and that kind of stuff, which, you know, back when PCs and, and consoles were kind of doing that thing. You know, back when you could plug a 360 controller into a PC with the dongle, you still had to yeah. go up and map all your buttons and stuff. And it's just so seamless right now. I mean, for all you PC guys out there, I don't use controllers when I play PC games, you know, unless I'm playing like a racing game or something like that, because fuck that trying to do it on a keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, it's it's nice for those people that want to transition into PC gaming and are uncomfortable about keyboard and mouse. You know, you can still, even when I played destiny, I used the controller plugged straight into my PC. And like I said, playing it at 200 FPS on a controller with no auto aim. You know, this is another thing you got to think about. PC doesn't have auto aim. Um, destiny does. So our console destiny does. So even just playing that with a controller hooked up to my PC at, you know, 200 frames per second just changed the way the entire game plays, which for me, you know, was crazy because I never had, even back in my Diablo 2 days, I never had like a, you know, super performance PC. You know, the PC I'm currently on now, I've got about probably $2,300 just in the tower of the PC to all the internals and stuff. And I've never in my life had a PC like this powerful because even when I was playing Diablo 2, it was kind of like just a a family computer, you know? So it's like I never really got into the whole precision of PC gaming at a younger age because, you know, obviously I didn't have a job. I wasn't buying my own stuff. It was just kind of using the family computer kind of I'm sure same with you and EverQuest, right? Um, oh, 100%. 100%. Yep. Yeah, but. As far as Warframe goes, I was kind of surprised at the game. It was, um, everybody called it the Destiny Killer, which I don't know if it killed Destiny, but I don't know. I, I don't see many similarities to Destiny. No. Like, I, I kind of feel like they're their own entities. I think the only similarity between the two is you're both in space. You yeah. fly like around the different sci-fi. planets. Yeah. yeah that, that's sci-fi. about the only similarity. Past that, <laughs> they they're, played they're two separate similar. games. Yeah. Yeah, the the and 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 this isn't to disparage Warframe at all, but the actual gunplay is not even like close. Warframe is a great game, but I feel like Destiny's gunplay, like the interactions with with the with the guns and stuff, is so much better it in is. Destiny Two than in Warframe. But you're you got other options to use, but yeah, because in Warframe uh, you just run around and sword things. That that's yeah, the weapon of choice right. is a sword. 
yeah uh, destiny 2 as well right well, yeah. <laughs> these days <laughs> but uh yeah it's uh, aside from that I do agree that they, I mean think about how many different missions they have on each different planet and all this like it's amazing but they how can they do it how how do they manage to do it you know what I'm saying like it's just it it, it blows yeah. my mind and they're a free to play um, game yeah so everything every piece of every penny they've made is off of uh what do they call them tenos uh new teno skins so yeah. or, or new tenos in general it's one of those things where it's like obviously if you did it right you here's the way to do it I guess right um obviously we could talk a little you could talk a hell of a lot more about smite than i can i remember um when it first came out you were into it a little bit john was john i guess had already been playing it uh little john for those who need some clarification uh i think little john had already started kind of playing it a little bit on the pc i think think that we both were playing it at the same time yeah we we uh didn't know that we were playing it because when yeah. Smite came out, I don't think we was working at Walmart together, or or it was near the end um, with John for sure, because uh, he left before we uh, for both for any of us any of uh, uh, you or I did. He ended up leaving a lot earlier than we did, but uh, he was still into World of Warcraft. That was sort of his game of choice still, right? Uh, and I know that he was playing Smite kind of on the side, uh, and then it released on the console because obviously at this point most of our computers. We were we were kind of outdated. Um, I'm still outdated, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, we were at a point where you probably couldn't even run your old computer. Probably could barely run Smite uh, efficiently. I would I would guess. Well, um, Smite, I know it doesn't require a yeah, lot. Smite's but not I'm that just hard saying on resources. Um, yeah, uh, but it's just one of those things where it's like once it was released on the console, it gave us more opportunity. I guess it gave me an opportunity to play it. I did. I guess you can call me kind of like. Um, simplistic in my approach to everything but i really didn't get it <laughs> I, I don't know it's just i don't get any of them like i don't i in my mind i don't see the point that's not, i'm not disparaging anything i'm simply saying that i don't it's just not it wasn't for me you know shit happens i've tried it with you know i've tried to play it um with you guys explaining it to me i've tried to play it by myself uh i hell i can't even beat the computer in the tutorial okay so it's just not my style of game but that's not to beat it down. I, I think that the you know the company is a great company that makes uh, was it High Rise or High Res? Yeah, High Res. Yeah, uh, a great company. Um, they they obviously put out a great product. So I'm not I'm not dis, dissing the company or the product. It's just that the product is wasn't aimed at me. Yeah, you it, know, it, I, it's like how it is I, what it is. It's like how I feel about sport games. I'm not saying that yeah. Madden series is a terrible piss poor game. It's just not me because I don't like sports. Yeah. Same way with MOBAs and you. You, you don't understand them. You're not good at them. So you kind of walk into it with that mindset of, well, I don't have all year to learn how to play this style game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be 100% honest, uh, yeah. Because uh, I remember when League of Legends got huge, um, which is obviously before uh, it predates uh, Smite. Yeah, way before Smite. Um, and one of my buddies, he was the one who actually introduced me to EverQuest. He got really into it, and he was like, "Man, this is like the greatest game ever made." And I was like, "What?" And I'm like, trying to, I'm trying to pay attention, and I'm like, "Why would you put all this effort into one?" Now, this is just me, okay? Like, you you put all this effort into building up this character, and then it goes away, and then you do it again, and then it goes away. And I, in my mind, it's just like, "What are you? Prog- what is the point of the progression?" So like, and he was like, "It's not about the progression; it's about the win or the loss." He's like, "This is just what happens through the game." Uh, it, it think of them as individual games and like it made sense but in my mind there was no real progression towards anything 
like you weren't attaining things, I guess, in my, in, at least not in my understanding of it. Uh, so like for me, it's it just, just like a competitive game. Right, right, right. And I'm not a competitive, I'm not, I, th- at a time in my life, I was a super competitive person, but I'm just not a competitive person. I'm more of a cooperative person when it comes to video games. I prefer team aspects more so than the, comp- I guess you could have both, but I prefer it to be more team-based versus um, a CPU or PVE, uh, player versus environment, more so than like a PVP aspect. Right. Um, I just, I don't have time to keep up, to keep up with, um, the PvP style of video games, like and like you said, they change, right? So somebody's able to 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 rebalance and uh, make one game, uh, or not one game, but either one character or one uh, ability or something where it gets fine tuned to where it's the new, as you as we said, and everybody says, or any game these days, the new meta. So then that's what you're chasing. So I don't have time to figure that stuff out. And when it comes to any of these mobas, and that includes all the other. A million carbon copy versions of the same style you know that's like i I don't understand Fortnite, right well don't uh, get don't get mobas confused with battle royales because there's not that many mobas on the market but there is a shit ton of battle royales yeah yeah including battle royale yeah but they're i mean they they're not the same but they have the same basic principle i guess and that it's a one match thing yeah it's called you it's it's halo online it's it's gears multiplayer It's yep. like your friend said, it's playing for the win or playing for the loss. Yeah. And it's just not my, not my cup of tea. So and I, I did confuse them in the notes, but neither style are for me. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't enjoy either one. Uh, neither one were made for me, uh, or at least not with me in mind anyway. Hey everyone, it's Bud from the future here. When we originally recorded this episode, it was over three hours in total length, and we're going to chop it in half, so we'll continue the rest of this podcast episode next week. Um, We appreciate you understanding, we thank you for listening, and tune back in next week for our completion of this episode. If you made it this far, we appreciate it. Thank you for listening to The Chris and Bud Show. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Chris and Bud Show 1, at Deliberate 88, and at BudB88. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.